0: You had me at cake and eat it too. Yeah, that was right. That was I. I would have bought the program. Well, that's so I only... eat cake and I get to eat it too. Well, you yes. can. Uh, I'm in there. No, stop it. You got me. You, you sold me already.
1: What's up, guys? Welcome in. This is Muscle Matters, where we talk about all things muscle, strength, health, you name it. If you're looking for guidance, insights into some of the leading minds in the fitness industry, look no further. We are here. This episode is brought to you by Covenant Coffee, Sportlander West, Strength and Health Gym in Bakersfield, California, as well as Grindhouse Strength and Conditioning. As you guys know, we support good brands. Not only that, um, but brands that serve a purpose um, are uh, are very much hold to the code, walk the line, and ultimately honor the Lord with everything that they say and do. Now I'm. Joined today by Mr. Mark, owner of Strength and Health, as well as Mr. Steve, owner of Sportlander West. Steve, why don't you give Mr. Mark a proper intro and tell us a little bit about the history through your eyes of his wonderful gym.
0: Well, it's not a wonderful gym. Let's
1: let's correct
0: the term. (laughs) It's not a wonderful gym. It's an iconic gym. It is the iconic gym of Bakersfield. If you're somebody over the age of 38, you cut your teeth in that building. Um, some of the greatest f- feats of strength I saw yes. in that building. It's like legitimately if the strongest of the strong walk through that door of Bakersfield, California. I, um, you, you heard me every now and then. I like to braggadocious about how strong I thought I was. I was chasing the ghost of that gym. <laughs> I can sit here and tell you uh, um, Sam Sabiago. Sam Samiago was a championship bench presser. This man is still top 20 all time. Coming from, uh, Sam was in the late 80s, early 90s, and he used to go on TV, blah, 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 blah. But he's still a top 20. And I remember being a little boy in that gym and uh, the strength of feet, the strength, it's just uh, wow, it's just amazing. Watching him walk into the gym and some guy calling him out. The guy was benching 550. And he looks over at Sam. He goes, I got you, Sam. (laughs) And this is, uh, I was a pup, so Sam was in his prime. And uh, Sam yells out, you got me. You got me. And mind you, there's 550 on the bench. Sam is still in his work coveralls. He lays down. He hits that thing 15 times, walking through the door like through the front door how many people could you actually say can walk in and snatch 500 pounds drop dead cold after sam worked for pg and (laughs) e so he's coming in working a 12 hour day snatches it cold hits it 15 times looks at him and goes you got me you got me and laughed at him and walked away. And the guy walked out to the top of the gym. I never saw him again. I mean, it's just some of the strength of, it's just amazing. I, I remember there was uh, Bobby, Andre, and Ricky. People have egos. And they, these are just some of the things I saw. Sure. Um, guys bet, right? No. How many guys do you know that bet on who can bench 500 pounds the most? <laughs> I used to watch these guys bet. Paychecks on who could bench 500 the most, and just sit there like as a pup, just like wow, they're betting on something! <laughs> like, wow, so like that gym is iconic. Uh, Steve um, Foster, he, he, man, these are like sh- true, like iconic moments, and this man is carrying on the legend of the iconic gym. I mean,
1: it's an institution. Oh
0: man, I, I it's just wow, it's just wow. It's, and I'm, I'm still amazed, like. Bodybuilding. Still, I mean, I, still doing it. That's, and the iconic gym. Mark, tell us a little bit about, because okay, you've, you, we've, we've bodybuilded in your early 20s, correct? Mm-hmm. What are well, some of the, that. what are some of the difficulties you would say between being a young man and being where you are now?
2: Well, you know, the only thing that I notice is different is the fact that, Back in those days, you just gave me some regular barbells, and I made the best of it because nothing hurt. I was bulletproof. The joints were healthy, and that's all I had, so I didn't know any better. I mean, it was like you took for granted. You figured nobody really had anything to work with. I mean, yeah, I guess I would have dreamed about having like a leg press and a hack squat, but... I was like, like, you know, the Forrest Gump, you know, the story about the shrimp, all the bubbing, the different kinds of shrimps. Well, with me, it was just, what do you do for your legs? Well, front squats, back squats, you know, full squats. I mean, it was just squat, 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 because that's all I had was squats, you know? And uh, in barbells, inclines, I mean, it was so basic, but that's all you had, you made the best of it. It worked, apparently, at the time. Even though now, looking back, it's like, how in the heck did I do that, you know? But today, What's different is that I couldn't possibly even come near approaching training that way. I have to use the machines and warm up more sets of warm-up than I do working sets, for example. Yes. And thank God for the smorgasbord and the cornucopia of different modalities in order to get the job done because uh, there's no way that I could ever even think about picking up a barbell cold like I did before and get results. It would, it would crush me. I'm too brittle. <laughs> like Rocky said in the movie, I'm too brittle. Don't hit me, I'm brittle. <laughs> I'm brittle, you know. But but otherwise, I mean it, what it has done is kind of pulls you out of yourself and it, it's it's like a, a different kind of a challenge because you you you're, you're basically have to make the best out of your current situation, your mm-hmm. limitations and your uh, momentary ability. So you learn to be very innovative, very creative in order to still get the job done. In fact, probably more effectively had I Understood. Then what I what I know now would have probably made better progress. But when you're young, you don't know anything. You don't know any better. You just know just the basics, and you just make the best of it. But but yeah. So it, it's 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 a challenge. It's exciting because it's you you are always forever changing and and adapting and trying new ways of going about things and exploring and even if a person gets to the point where they find it difficult to progress at a certain point. One thing that we have to remember as bodybuilders is that we are just that bodybuilders. You know, uh, for example, I look at Frank Zane. You know, a lot of people are familiar with him. He's like in his 80s now, and yet he's so proactive, he's training, he's talking to, he gets so impassioned during an interview about, I do this exercise because it really affects this area to develop it. In other words, even though, of course, he's he's, you know, a shadow of what he was when he was younger but he's still bodybuilding he still has that mindset that he wants to improve that's his goal that's his objective and that's kind of i think what it's all about is that you know i i believe that i can still continue to improve and will continue to yeah. to keep pushing and and again explore experiment and whatever it
1: takes and just keep going and going until the wheels fall off you know hey man Mark, I'm so interested to hear. There's decades of wisdom over your sitting to my right, decades of wisdom in the Iron Game in particular. You mentioned that you can't exactly train the way you once did, but man, it would have been cool to know what you do now. What are some things that you would have changed in your 20s and your 30s to to bring forth better results and maybe even prolong your longevity? (laughs)
2: Well, good luck because a young man's not going to listen to an old person because they <laughs> because until you've gone through it, you know, it's kind of like hindsight's 2020. Sure. But uh but yeah, of course, I mean, I realize now that had say for example, you're more meticulous and more disciplined about the warm-up, for example. Back in those days, like, I was too impatient. I wanted to get to that heavy weight. I didn't have time to warm- warm-up. was like a nuisance, you know. I'm like, hurry up and get to that heavy weight. You know, yeah. just throw another 45-pound plate. But, you know, you can get away with it then. But not really because then later on in life is when you pay the consequence. Sure. You realize, oh, no wonder I'm all messed up now. I
0: just can't rub dirt on it anymore. No.
2: Yeah. But, you know, it's just kind of an accumulative trauma repetitive trauma when you were younger that kind of brought you to the point where you're at now and so but you know uh, it's just the nature of the beast you know we all have to go through it learn the hard way and hopefully people listen you know but i i try to teach people but they don't always listen
1: sure one of my mentors told me early on you know if you learn to train like you're 50 Mm -hmm. in your 20s you'll be training like your 20s when you're 50 so i mean that sounds like a true statement man. looking mm-hmm. back on it i mean it might have been my dad i can't remember <laughs> yeah i didn't listen to him the first time he told me though right. to your credit so what uh what are some things specifically you would have changed i mean more machines mm-hmm. would have clearly better warm-ups would have helped
2: well you know back in those days i mean you didn't really have anything you just made the best with what you had and it was just a very basic, fundamental... I didn't have a gym. I worked out in the garage, and it was a lot of homemade equipment. So sure. I made the best of it and didn't really miss anything because you don't have it. You just assume that... You know, you look in the magazines, and a lot of guys are just using the basics anyway. So, you know, I mean, I had a homemade cable machine where I could do pull-downs, rows, and push-downs, and a preacher bench, and the rest was just barbells and dumbbells. And my dumbbells didn't go heavy enough, so I had to basically do a lot of uh, barbell work just to you know, use enough weight to be able to get the job done for like chest work and leg work and so forth. What Rowing. about nutrition? I mean,
0: I, I, the, I know that when I look back, I say, man, I wish I'd have known better. Uh, yeah. like you were saying, uh, Somebody smart. I remember I ignored my yeah. aunt, who was a professional bodybuilder at the time. Mm-hmm. And she had a, a medley, a, me, a huge amount of uh, herbs and vitamins. And she's like, yeah. Steve, you need to be taking all this. And I'm like, no, I don't. I got these other things that I get from the doctor. I don't need right. that stuff. <laughs> and now I look, now I was laughing today because yeah. I was telling somebody, I go, now I have all those same herbs right. and stuff. And I'm worried about digestion and stomach. Mm-hmm. So the diet compared to young you and now, how how? What is, because it? It, the body doesn't work like it did back yeah. then.
2: Well, you know, back in those days, I, I feel that nutrition wasn't so much emphasized as, it, as much as it is today. And today, I mean, I kind of preach the fact that as a bodybuilder, your body's like a like a high-performance engine. You're, you're mm-hmm. basically like an elite athlete. And so, you know, just like if you have like a, a you know, like a NASCAR or, or some, you know, high-end car, you're not going to put standard.
0: I'm ingredients if you're going to at,
2: at Cragen, you know it's going to be really high quality sophisticated special made stuff you know and same with the human body but back then we didn't think about it you know we just thought hey as long as you're getting enough protein carbs and inadequate you know it's you're, you're going to grow but today what i would change from you know my knowledge is, is i would probably would have emphasized more the nutrition which i didn't eat cleaner and pay more attention to to the ratios, higher protein, lower carbs. And whereas today we, I think we realize more that nutrition is is way more important than what they understood back in those days. Sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, you and Steve are two peas in a pod. Have you ever heard Steve's tuna story? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Steve, no, now's not the time. Uh, now's not the time. But uh, we only know what we know, right? When
0: I was listening, I was listening to him talk, I was thinking about CT Fletcher. I mean, mm-hmm. he the, go get done working out, go across the street, get a, get as many quarter pounds as he can, fries and a cherry, a cherry uh, shake, and that was his thing. And I was like, wow, yeah, that, when you like you said, how many times did you pull out of the 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 gym to stop at the local local burger meat across the street, <laughs> and and call that feeding yourself,
2: right? But. You felt that that's all that it took back in those days. Mm-hmm. You really didn't think in terms of eating clean necessarily, or you didn't have acid reflux. Either you just, yeah, either <laughs> yeah, well, that too. You know, either you just ate whatever, or you were on a diet for a contest. You know, so yeah, I didn't really pay too much attention to my nutrition back then, as I probably should have. But then, when you're young, you kind of get away with it more. But now, as you get older, you realize that you know that's all part of kind of maintaining whatever youth you have is to to look good, feel good, eat good. And you have to maintain it at a higher level. Absolutely, of course.
1: Now we've got three strength coaches sitting here, uh, guys. I this is strength's like been my calling card since I open the gym, we take a very unique stance on, like, developing the mm-hmm. force aspect with our athletes, understand they don't come in with, you know, the requisite, you know, strength capabilities on day one. I'm curious to hear you guys' thoughts. You guys both spend a lot more time with gen pop clients than I do. What is the role of strength in the fitness journey of maybe the layperson that comes to you on day one?
0: Right. Yes, sir.
1: Either okay. one of you guys. Right, sir. The person who just want, it comes to yeah. you looking for better quality of life, mm-hmm. a better looking body, yeah. you know, and, uh, and wants to roll around with their kids, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. later on. Well, you know, what I
2: basically preach and advocate is that just because I'm a bodybuilder doesn't necessarily mean that I'm biased towards bodybuilding. However, it just so happens that the bodybuilding model just happens to be very effective modality when it comes down to a person achieving their goals that... Anybody can do it at any level, any age, regardless of any uh, restrictions or limitations that they may have. So what I do is I don't promote the bodybuilding model. I promote the bodybuilding model. In other like words, that. we're doing the resistance training, you know, all the duction on the row and in, in terms of, you know, building strength, increasing muscle mass, and all the benefits that go along with that that are very important when, in, in terms of when you combine that with better nutrition to mobilizing body fat to reaching their goals, building strength. In, in order to get bigger, you have to get stronger. And people, they think big, women, they're turned off by that, but like I say, no, no, what we wanna do is we wanna increase your muscle mass, lean, expensive, high maintenance, high quality, lean mass is a good thing. It's a good thing because it's going to increase your metabolic rate, it's gonna help you get leaner in the long run, it's gonna mm. help your body support a lot of what's necessary for good health. That combined with proper eating, the happy side effects, you're going to be healthy, you're going to look great, you're going to feel great, you're going to have more energy, and all your metabolic functions are going to be a lot healthier. If you go to the doctor, have a blood test, all the vitals are going to be within normal limits. You're not going to necessarily suffer from what a lot of people go through, high blood pressure, blood sugar issues, and so forth. So, yeah, bodybuilding is a good thing, provided that you have all your ducks in a row and do the nutrition and do things in a, in a proper, systematic, overall fashion, where you get the full benefit of it, in addition to just not just the weights, but also the nutrition, and also like with my training too, it's not just you know training for strength and for muscle mass, but like I tell them, we do like a circuit uh, type training, so they're going from one move to the next, so they're getting also the cardiovascular component, not necessarily just to look good naked, you know, and have muscles or or be lean, but also to be cardiovascularly efficient, you know, increase the VO2 max, which you can't necessarily achieve that kind of conditioning doing necessarily traditional cardio, especially Mm. if you're trying to build muscle mass. You don't want to overdo that. You know, that's number one is the weight training, the nutrition, cardio, that's fine and dandy, but that should be tertiary. That shouldn't be your, your, your go-to. That should be, you know, something you, you do. Okay. If you have enough energy, go ahead and maybe do, you know, three times a week or whatever, if it makes you feel good. But ultimately, you can uh, achieve any form of adequate cardiovascular efficiency by proper weight training, way far above and superior that we could achieve doing traditional cardio. Just because a machine has a sign that says cardio on it doesn't make it so. Mm. But with my former training, they get the best of both worlds. We can have our cake and eat it too. And that's what I tell them. You you can have it all. I want it all. I I want to look good. I want to feel good. I want to be cardiovascularly efficient. I want to be... You know, have low body fat, have it all. But you follow this plan, we can do that.
0: You had me at cake and eat it too. Yeah, that was right. That was I, I. I would have bought the program. Well, that's so I only... cake and I get to eat it too. Well, you yes. can. Yeah, I'm in there. No, stop it. You got me. You, you sold me already.
1: And a little of that too. <laughs> so, what do you tell clients that just believe they can show up, train with you three days a week, and get the body that they want without putting the work in, in the kitchen?
2: Well, that's frustrating because I have so many people that are like within striking distance. And we talked about this earlier, how a lot of them have mental blocks or addictions. Mm -hmm. And some people, they just, I don't know, it's just this hump that I have to work on constantly to try to find their hot button to hopefully redirect their thoughts to get them thinking in terms of the importance of the nutrition part of it. And some people just, I hate to say, but they can't lose a pound to save their life. And I'm not saying I give up on them. I I keep trying, but there's some people that are just really hard nut to crack. You know, I mean, Steve knows.
0: Well, it's, it's, a lot of times it's not what they do in front of you, it's what they do when they're behind you. Mm-hmm. And that's what I tell people all the time. Yeah. In front of me, yeah, we could have a great workout. The great workouts right. are great. But when you go home, I can yeah. see that right. the rest of us are not going away according to plan.
2: Right. But you know, in reality, though, there's some people they may not come out and say it exactly. But it's like they're kind of okay with that. They just enjoy the fact that they love the workout. Yeah. They love the plan. They love showing up and getting the results and feeling good and feeling better. And they're not really that – like I look at it like, well, why not do it all? But You're training so hard. Why not do the, put as much effort into nutrition? You're going to get such better results. You're going to look so much better. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they really don't care that much. So if you don't have – a passionate desire to do something you're just not going to do it you know? I
0: will say this a lot of the uh, gin pop and I will call them gin pop there cuz they're 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 not competitive they're just general population that want to feel better look better mm-hmm. it's amazing the, the, as you were talking about working with general population that you are just an accountability yes. how many people are just paying you money because they won't go to the gym unless you're unless it's part of their schedule Mm -hmm. right you are the something that is part of their schedule and they know like like i've had people disappear and be like hey steve i'm back what happened i haven't worked out since the last time i saw you so (laughs) if i'm paying at least i know if i'm giving money i'm not gonna waste it so here Mm -hmm. i am right
1: and when people pay money they pay attention yeah it seems to work that way nothing anything free is just not worthwhile
0: (laughs) shoes
2: Well, yeah, it's a lesser of two evils. I mean, if they don't have a trainer babysitting them every day, then they're not going to work out or eat good. Never mind (laughs) both. So either they're one or the other, at least they're working out.
1: But Steve, that's the number one thing that comes up in my consultations. Uh, And even with our kids, to be completely honest with you, they need accountability more than anything. My favorite question, the last thing I always end their consultations on is like, okay, how do we make this a 10 out of 10 experience for you? Like, what is your expectation for us? Because I've already laid out all my expectations for you. First thing that always comes up from the parent, from the adult client, whatever. I need someone to expect me to show up, you know? And, and what do we know? Um, Mike's going through it right now, forming a new habit, you know? And just the accountability that goes with that. He wrote Tom and I into that. He's always so eager to tell us about how, like, that chain hasn't been broken yet, right? Death. It's our job as coaches to facilitate yes. the formation of that chain yes. in the first place. So sometimes they need a hug. I'll sometimes hug, I'll hug do. after the show, Mike, and sometimes they need Mark to give him a kick in the pants and uh, <laughs> hold him accountable too. you knucklehead where you been. So well, how do you describe that dichotomy? Because you've just you've you did lay out in the last episode kind of like, you know, sometimes you got to be there for people and be yeah. understanding. And then other times you have to be real with them as well. Like, how do you find that balance? And did that come with time or is that, a, you know, a, an ability trait you've always had?
2: Well, like I say, I mean, it's 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 a situation where you just have to kind of feel the person out, try to find their hot button. I mean, I, I convict them. I call them out. I don't let them feel that they're, they're bluffing me or, or say, saying they're doing something that they're not. But at the same time, if they do fail or fall short, even though they might expect because of the way that I'm a little strict with them that I'm going to beat them up, but I don't. That's where I, in fact, realize that sometimes you have to take a step. Backwards and move two steps forward. So if anything, I'll I'll still encourage and I'll say it's okay. We're just going to get back on the saddle again and keep going, you know. But at the same time, I'm always forever looking for a way to to motivate, inspire again. Maybe f- find a hot button that maybe I haven't previously touched to get them motivated. And and I do that a lot. I mean, I, I go through a lot of scenarios where I motivate, and I'm always searching, trying to find the right thing. Just to and maybe you know, I think. Possibly, it's not necessarily what I say, just the fact that you say it repeatedly. I want to think that it, it kind of rubs off and it keeps people inspired, it keeps them motivated, and it keeps them on track. Not that they're doing everything perfect, but, I mean, to just assume that everything's going to be okay and you don't really have to keep motivating. I'm not saying on them or pushing them, but, but motivating and inspiring and encouraging them, I think that's an important part of it, too. Mm-hmm. And I try to do that. I try to really get... Emotionally involved and excited about their progress, so that as you mentioned, you know it keeps them accountable. It keeps them wanting to come back. It keeps them looking forward to it. And because you know, I my clients get good results, and that in of itself is why I tend to keep such a big client base because they love the fact that they're getting the results. You know, whether they're doing things perfect or not, people do things for their reasons and not ours. You know, and sometimes we we tend to forget that. And I try to remind myself that hey, you know, their their goal and objective is not. And I, I realize, of course, mine's a little extreme being a competitive bodybuilder. But sometimes we, we need to remind ourselves that, hey, what, what does this person really want out of this? You know, I mean, they're, they're coming in, they're regular. Obviously, they, they, they're here for a reason. So you have to respect that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, y- y- you still don't want to assume that everything's just going to go forever and they're going to be okay. You always have to be there. Because, you know, they have bad days too. People have good days, bad days. And so, it's like you're almost like a counselor at the same time as a
1: trainer. Absolutely, <laughs> I've said that Absolutely. a million
0: times. I'm, I, I should get paid. So, mm-hmm. uh, what, what do they call that? Counselor? Not that. What's the other word? Uh, gosh darn it! Psychologist rates. Shrink? Yes, <laughs> Cause, uh, a therapist, therapist. Yes, because if they come, like, yeah. oh, okay, so that's mm-hmm. what's going on in your life.
2: Yeah, but you know, I love motivating people. I think that's, I mean, kind of a knack or proclivity that I have is, is I, I get, I don't know, that's just part of. Who I am and what I do is to motivate and inspire. So, you know, I have to lead by example. And and maybe it's good for me, too, the fact that I have to practice what I preach. And I like to think that I do in order to be that person that can set that example for others as well.
1: Now, Mark, you keep mentioning this system that gets your clients excellent results. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for a value bomb to drop on our listeners right now. These, I mean, people who listen to us clearly work out. What's a method that you use Maybe something you're a little bit more biased to. Is it a high intensity method, a volume accumulation method, a drop set, something that you really like using with your clients? Or have you developed your own? Yeah, well, I want to know.
2: Well, what did Bruce Lee say? He says, way is no way.
1: Oh, okay. A <laughs> like way, not the way. Yeah, yeah. be like okay. water, huh? Just let it Fair go. Fair enough. Okay.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I I like, would, you're not going to get up to give
1: them up any trades. Yeah. I was going to say, dude, you got biases. Come on, mm-hmm. man tell us something, a method that you really enjoy that that our listeners could start implementing right away to see better results
2: well you know my training is not linear it's very synergistic it's very symbiotic the chain's only as strong as the weakest link everything we do is predicated on something else so my system's it's like a flow it's not it's not fragmented in terms of just focusing on th- the thing but the whole and so it's it, it's kind of like that where how much I, does
0: your chiropractic knowledge yeah. come into your way of training
2: well it's hard to say i mean obviously there's a lot you,
0: of I mean, background lot of knowledge. You sounds know. like one right now yeah, doesn't exactly. yeah. I, I, i'm yeah. listening to what he's saying the change and everything goes together yeah. so it's it's almost like it's you know you know which small muscle groups are going to work with because that you you know for years you put the body back together for people right so you would know what would keep the body from falling apart.
2: Well, you know, there's a lot to be said about that because, I mean, I do have kind of a an acuity, a physical acuity and awareness that I've developed through the years and in terms of dealing with people with their injuries and ailments and limitations. And, and a lot of times I'm just very proactive. And, you know, sometimes it seems very, very basic and obtuse, but there's a lot of, thought and method to my madness like I tell people if it's not broken ripped or torn then you know chances are we will just work right through it and you know 99% of the time it's not really that serious mm-hmm. if that is or if those issues are not the case and we do and I brought people from the point where they were already convinced that you know they're not going to really gain function fully of this particular part of the body again because the doctor told them this or that or the other and we start okay and i'm like yeah but you don't understand i go oh, okay okay no no don't worry we'll be gentle, we will gentle. and i'll just start working them and then before you know it they're like full-blown like wow i can't believe it's gone you know things like that that's always exciting that's always gratifying but that just comes from a, i don't know just kind of a a sixth sense i just you know sometimes you just have a feeling no 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 this person there's nothing going on here they're a lot of it's just a mental block you know that they someone told them something and they're just running i have a it, bodybuilding question to, for you i need to switch them over to be more proactive and taking some responsibility and let's just work through this
0: how long was it between uh your last show and the first show you did when you got back on the stage
2: well you figure my first show was when i was 16 my last show was few days
0: ago but <laughs> first, the, in, between, in between your first run of bodybuilding mm. and your current run of bodybuilding how many years did you take off
2: oh well you know there was a big gap where i didn't do anything competitively for a good number of years you know life happens and you just kind of take a, a detour and then but you know your passion i guess always finds you and so that's kind of what happened and that's
0: what that's what i i, I explain that to the people out there how you how you was reignited to to pursue the stage again? Well, you
2: know, it was almost like life had kind of thrown a few curveballs whereby things didn't seem to be going in the direction where I would ever have the ability to focus on the bodybuilding thing. And then, you know, a bad marriage, et cetera, et cetera. And then you get to the point where, you almost kind of like accept the fact that, you know, it's just not ever going to happen again. And you, you almost force yourself to accept it in a way because you feel you don't really have another alternative. So it's kind of like learning to live with something. But yet there's this, this latent desire that's suppressed that still exists that you deny and don't want to even acknowledge and so that probably was the case for a long time a long time and then as things would have it you know with this opportunity with the gym and so on and you know all these years later and then at some point even before i i bought the gym i had a birthday one time (laughs) (laughs) and i said at that on that birthday i said if i don't start now i was looking terrible i was in terrible shape I mean, really bad. If I showed you pictures, you would not believe it. If I don't start now, I never will. So 18 months later, I won a natural show. So I really worked hard. And don't ask me how I did it. But, and then time went on, and I kind of dabbled. And then when I bought the gym, I was really underweight and not really doing much. And at this point in time, I'm like, well, you know what? I mean, I have nothing to prove. I don't want to put my body through that anymore. I'm done. You know, what? what's the point, you know? And uh, then, you know, let's see a few people come in looking in good shape. Well, that guy's in good shape. He must know what he's talking about. You know, and I'm thinking, oh, I just because I don't look like him doesn't mean I don't know what I'm talking <laughs> about either, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then I think I spoke about this earlier. It was just the weirdest thing. I had already pretty much resigned myself to the fact that I'm done. I've talked myself, convinced myself, I thought. What's the point? I got nothing to prove. I'm done. Then one day I woke up and it was like, um, like a voice spoke to me out of nowhere, and it said, you're not done yet. It was clear as a bell. You're not done yet. And at that moment, just something kind of clicked or snapped. And from that day, I didn't look back. I said, I know what I got to do. And I said, you know, I looked pretty good in my 20s. I won some shows. I was pretty, pretty good little bodybuilder back in those days. I go, I wonder if I could eclipse or, you know, create that kind of a package at this stage of the game with some of these master shows, like Masters Nationals, which I barely learned about because I wasn't really following bodybuilding that much at the time. And so it took years, I mean, you know, before I finally got to the point where I felt like I was ready, and then I did some shows and I did pretty well. I won a few shows and then I did Masters Nationals in 2021. I won the middleweight class And then I want some more shows. And then I just recently. And then last year was kind of bad because I had a lot of stress. But I still took, did really well on the national level, a second, a third. And then this year, just things didn't really come together. I guess my body was physically tired. So now I have to re, I have to reevaluate as far as what I'm going to do next year. But I've competed on the national stage six times. And I'm keeping it kind of a secret because I'm not going to post anything. <laughs> but here I am telling the world. Hey, that's- but God's number seven. If, if and when, I, if and when, if I compete next year, that'll be my seventh try. I have a good coach. He's a good friend. It took a while to develop a relationship where he understands my body and who I am and what I'm all about and vice versa. Mm-hmm. At first, you know, I had reservations, but now we, I trust him. So we have a plan. And all I can say is, my
0: journey's not over yet. Good, I, I, and I just wanted to get that out because so many people, um, you know, as we get older, we just, you know, so many people resign themselves, like, ah, that, that was back then, ah, that yeah. was back then, that was back then, I it's see over it too with. often. Yeah, and so I just think it's very inspirational for people to understand that, no, you can do it again.
2: Well, you know, my life's different. I mean, I got a really young wife, I got a 14-year-old son, I mean, my body's still healthy. I still want to compete. I still want to get that pro card. I got a business that keeps me occupied that I don't see any end in sight that I just want to keep growing. I have other projects I'm working on. I mean, I don't see any end in sight for me. I mean, I'm just starting out. So and uh I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, you know, <laughs> some, sometimes maybe at a certain point in time. Body it's emotion time to wind stays down. in motion. But yeah, so I mean I that's the way I look at it, you know, so as long as I have the get up and go to do it, I just keep going.
0: Amen. So, I have a question for mm-hmm. you. I, I think I need one of those shirts. Man, I was going to oh. say, I think that I need you one of those shirts. Too. Yeah, I think
2: I need one. I mean. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you one. I got plenty. And they're oversized. They're like your size too. <laughs> do
0: they fit that neck though? Yeah.
2: I, I'm, oh, I, yeah, because they have the wide neck. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, I do. I have a lot of these in stock. Yes, one, I, I,
0: I will be coming by to yeah. purchase one. Yeah. I'm jealous. I mean you <laughs> sitting up here flexing the guns looking at the biggest nice and huh? hub and d- dug in. I mean, yes. As we, you know, the eagle bodybuilder. I mean, like this, hey, we want one of those. <laughs> well, Steve, I was
1: gonna ask you, did your mom dress you tonight? Or what what is this we got oh. going on, man? Hey, I am you gotta get some
0: black on that. No, dude. I, I I am taking the rainbow. Give him back. I hate <laughs> to break it to you. I am colorful. I am that guy. When I in my age, in my youth, we had these clothes called cross colors, and I wore them. Yes, I had green pants. Yes, I had cover. You know the the overalls with the with the airbrush. I, I, I that was me. Yes, in
1: Ghostbusters when they cross the streams, that mm-hmm. thing in the middle it That's creates is what looks yeah, like yes, you. Right, I'm now. Slimer.
0: I openly admit. Yes, I am very bright. I have. no have You ever seen my car? My car has a candy coat. Oh my god. Yes, I hard. am that person. I did not start my life to look like anybody else, and I refuse to do it now. <laughs>
1: I will go home and change clothes if I see somebody like <laughs> I didn't know what that me. was going to open, <laughs> but we need to get some black on this guy. <laughs> Guys, hey, as always, and tonight was awesome. This mm-hmm. was edifying. Mark, you're an inspirational dude, and uh, and we so, so appreciate you coming on. Why don't you tell our audience where they can find you? you on social media or anything like that? I know you're a private guy. Oh, yeah. Well, I am. Yeah, I have Instagram, Strength and Health Gym
2: on Instagram, and I also have a business page, Strength and Health Gym on Facebook. And the address is 318 21st Street. What are the hours now? Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 9 p.m., Saturday, 9 to 6, and Sunday, 10 to 4. Very and good. I'm
0: usually always there. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: was going to say, seven <laughs> days a week, huh? Steve, where
0: working, can working our followers find you, man? Yeah. Oh, Sportlander West. You can always catch us on Sportlander West. Uh, Sportlander West. Uh, wait, I changed it. It's Silverback on TikTok. But Instagram, <laughs> it's Sportlander West. Facebook, Sportlander West, uh, 7420 District Boulevard. Come on by and check us out.
1: Dude, it's not the radio. You don't have a time constraint. You're not paying for the <laughs> slot, okay? It's okay. It I DJ'd for many of years. <laughs> Very good. It could just be this great cove- coffee from the Covenant I have going there through my system. There you go. <laughs> oh, shameless. <laughs> and guys, as always, Blake Bernard, you can follow me at Blake Bernard Coaching, and the gym is at grindhouse underscore SC on Instagram. Until next time, hail strength.